This is Ozarks at Large. Remnant stands of ancient Osage orange or bodark trees, once widespread in the Midwest and eastern United States, continue to grow in several places, including the Ozark Highlands. As Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports, the trees produce a highly valued decay-resistant wood, as well as large, strange green fruit that only extinct megafauna relished. Osage orange, a gnarly, brambly tree that sheds large, green, knobby fruit every autumn, appears to grow only in discreet wild places on the Arkansas Ozarks or on nurtured preserves like this one on Mount Sequoia Center in Fayetteville. Noted botanical author Stephen Foster hikes to the elder Osage orange tree and looks up. Maclura palmifera at uh, Mount Sequoia. It's a beautiful specimen. It's um, four feet wide at the base, maybe uh, certainly over 100 years old. Osage orange trees can grow up to 50 feet. The crown, a maze of zigzag branches covered in sharp spines. It's a gangly tree. Just look at how the branches cross one another. Osage orange trees were once planted by American settlers to create impenetrable thickets to protect crops and livestock. In the 1850s, there was an educator in Illinois who promoted Osage orange or bodark fencing uh, for farms because the boys were unable to go to school because they had to stay with the herds. And so in the Midwest, in, in the 1850s, if you purchased land, you didn't have fencing. And the cost of fencing was three times the cost of the land itself. So Osage Orange served as the, the hedge from um, Louisiana to New York uh, to the Western prairies until barbed wire was first patented. The barbed wire that we've all tripped over in the woods was patented in, in 1873. And by the eight, late 1870s and 1880s, it replaced the Osage Orange for fencing. And prior to Anglo settlement, the indigenous Osage treasured the wood. The tree named after the tribe, Foster says... Yes, the Osage used this tree for making bows. The wood is uh, incredibly uh, flexible, has a high tensile strength. It's a really hard wood and very heavy, takes on a high polish, and it's also yellow. So the name Bodark means bow wood. These bodark trees can easily be identified by their beautiful bark, reminiscent of woven basketry. Almost abstract in, in its patterns. It just doesn't have a, a normal, predictable tree bark pattern, but that also makes it instantly identifiable. And always, if you look at the base of the tree, where uh, part of the, the outer bark has uh, fallen off or been knocked off, there's always orange color. So the wood itself and the, and the root bark is uh, bright orange yellow. Osage orange trees were first scientifically documented, Foster says, during the Louisiana Purchase by explorers. From Natchez, Mississippi, up the Washita River. Uh, 
And that's where the first description of this tree comes from is the notes of William Dunbar in January of 1804. And in a letter to Thomas Jefferson, he describes the tree. He describes the fact that it is used by indigenous groups for making bows. And uh, in fact, uh, the Spiro uh, Indian group in Oklahoma is said to have traded uh, the wood throughout the Plains states from Oklahoma to the Rocky Mountains. Once a common indigenous commodity, Osage Orange remains a rare, valuable wood, Foster says, today marketed on socials. So there's a modern subculture of bow carving out of Osage Orange wood. But when uh, Dunbar first described the tree, it was only known from the Red River and the Washita drainages in Oklahoma, Texas, and adjacent Arkansas. So uh, the tree itself had become restricted to a very narrow range. The Osage Orange, Maclura palmifera, is a member of the mulberry family. In spring, the trees sprout tiny green flowers, which grow into massive fruit. They're big. And, you know, what child who's grown up in the rural Ozarks has not played with the Osage Orange fruits in the fall because they fall on the ground and nothing eats them? Why does nothing eat them? Osage orange. Well, it's because the animals that co-evolved with the Osage orange no, are no longer with us. Megafauna, the large mammals of North America, a, uh, a two-ton giant ground sloth or a mastodon, they ate the fruits and dispersed the seeds. But starting 130 centuries ago, megafauna became extinct due to climate change, warming conditions. About 13,000 years ago, toward the end of Pleistocene glaciation, uh, there was no seed dispersal mechanism for these giant fruits, and none of the animals that exist today eat them. Now, squirrels will eat the seeds, uh, but they won't eat the fruit itself. And there's about 44 insect species that are known to eat the fruits. But, you know, these giant fruits that look like they should be our main source of food supply in the Ozarks, a single tree can produce a thousand pounds of fruits. Foster breaks open a washed Osage orange fruit, also called hedge apples, to sample. It doesn't smell edible. It doesn't look edible. Uh, a, a botanist at Kew Gardens presented a specimen uh, to Queen Elizabeth in England, and she took a bite of it. Foster takes a bite. Mm, tastes good enough for royals. He's lying. The fruit tastes weird. The musty flavor lasts. Ugh. Foster does set the record straight on the persistent rumor that Osage orange fruits ward off invasive bugs. There's been a lot of uh, 
speculation about possible insecticidal activity. Uh, and this is actually part of American folklore that comes to us from the 1950s. There was an article in the Tuscaloosa News in 1950 that reported that a uh, chemist at the University of Alabama was uh, uh, studying the possible insecticidal components of the Osage orange fruit. And this was picked up by other newspapers and wire services and uh, ended up creating this oral folklore that Osage orange fruits are uh, insecticidal. Uh, one professor quipped that the only way to kill a cockroach with an Osage orange fruit is to drop the fruit directly on the, on the cockroach. While their ecological range has greatly diminished over millennia, the decay and termite-resistant Osage orange are not endangered or even at risk, Foster says, offering certain assurance that this prehistoric tree will likely endure our looming Anthropocene epoch. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. Best-selling author, photographer, consultant, and herbalist Stephen Foster has written 18 books including Peterson's Guide to Medicinal Plants and Herbs. You can see a slideshow featuring Stephen Foster posing near the Mount Sequoia Osage Orange Tree at OzarksAtLarge.com.